Welcome to the Home Care Hub, a podcast series for the Home Care Advocacy Network. HCAN is a business format franchise for senior living providers who want to operate a successful home care line of business and a great opportunity for any entrepreneur who wants to own their own home care franchise. To connect with us, visit hcanthrive.com today. All right. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tim Donnelly. I'm going to be hosting this podcast. I'm here with Mark Getz. Mark is uh, up from the Nebraska area. Mark, if you can, give us your story. Thanks, Tim. My story. So met my wife when I was 16 and she was 14. We didn't get married that year. So just to let everyone know, we got married about four years later, though. No, six years later. I've been married 22 years, four kids. Got into home care in 2003 when my first daughter was six months old. Worked for a large franchise company here in Omaha for about 14 years. Moved to a senior living company and now created our own company called the Home Care Advocacy Network. There's been a lot of personal experience along the way that's helped shape why we're doing what we're doing today, as it is for many people in the industry. And so today we own and operate a company called the Home Care Advocacy Network. We're a business format franchise for senior living providers. We provide really the format, the keys to success, the support that it takes to keep an in-home services home care business up and running. We do that under their own brand, not ours. So if you're Heritage Communities, your Heritage In-Home Services, supported by the Home Care Advocacy Network, your brand is more important than ours. And then we also provide that same format for entrepreneurs who want to own their own business and they have to have part of their DNA has to be to make a difference, but you have to be a good person because you're taking care of seniors and you're taking care of caregivers who are providing service to those seniors. So lots of personal experience, but really excited to... uh, be in the industry and be, you know, 17 years strong. That is fantastic. And and I guess I could have framed things. So we're in the senior living business through our sales and marketing efforts along uh, with the uh, staffing side of things. You're in the in-home care services business where you help operators uh, create their own in-home care businesses yeah. through a franchise model. Is that correct? Yeah. Good clarification. So what our franchisees do is they provide companionship and respite care, personal care services, as well as dementia care services to clients. Now, some of those clients will be at their senior care facility or at their senior care community or their their senior community. But what our model does, it says it's great to be able to take care of clients on your own campus, but we want to be able to help providers expand their footprint. So compete locally actually against other home care companies. So if you're in the senior living world, you have a strong local brand, you've invested in your community, you've invested in your physical plant. Why not build on that with a service model that allows you to get at people and families and build relationships when they're first starting to see changes in mom and changes in dad. And they're like, well, let's start out slow and let's maybe get mom 10 to 30 hours a week of care. That's really what we want to be able to do is provide senior living with the model that allows them to provide that care right then and there. So it kind of does away with the partnership mentality. Let's partner with everybody. We think partnerships are great, but we think 
senior living needs to become their own partner, have their own strong in-home service model that provides service off and on campus. Mm-hmm. And then our franchisees who are entrepreneurs not attached to a senior living uh, community, they uh, do business as the local office of the Home Care Advocacy Network. So they provide those same services in a territory that we help structure for them. So when you look at this, and, and our listener base is probably going to be mostly uh, consistent of those senior living operators, yep. those executives within the corporate office or regional offices, or even those leadership uh, positions at the community level. And so for those people listening to your value proposition, your focus, help them understand you know, some of those stumbling blocks that they're probably going to have with someone like you. Sure. You know, they, they may say, Hey, we get a lot of referrals from in-home care agencies. We, they're kind of our friends. Sure. Or, you know, how do we know that the investment and whatever it's going to be to set this up, how do we know that there's going to be success at, at the end of that implementation timeframe? Absolutely. It's a great question. So I would say when you have your own in-home service agency, you realize how big the industry is and everybody still remains your friend. You know, those in-home services agencies that are providing referrals to you today, they're still going to be the ones that provide referrals to you tomorrow as well. It just places you a little bit more in a better position competitively to be able to say, hey, we actually have a an in-home services referral for you. Oh my goodness, you have a referral for us. So you're going to have overflow. You're going to have service needs that maybe your agency isn't able to fulfill. Maybe there's some shifts that you can't do. That's a great opportunity then to build a relationship with an in-home service agency outside of your community. So those relationships still exist. They won't go away. And I would say the other thing is that if, you know, if you've experienced the last year here in the United States or through the world and you've had to have residents that were sent home and you didn't have your own agency where you're able to take care of them yourself, you ultimately sent them home with a competitor. You sent them home with a partner. But what you did is you had to give up that relationship because you didn't have your own process to have to be able to deliver companionship, respite care, personal care services, and dementia care off campus. So what we say is that if you're not the one providing uh, service to your future residents, somebody else is. So what we want to do is position providers to be able to have a strong business for their captive, that is their on-campus experience, but then also be able to build a stronger footprint and a larger footprint off campus some of the stumbling blocks are really in the areas where maybe a senior living leader may think that they may underestimate the home care business because in, in their mind, it's you're providing like lower level care from what your RNs do and lower level care from what your LPNs do on campus. So then maybe this is an easy business. And I would say, you know, one, those leaders that may have, that may be underestimating the model. So, I live in Omaha where two of the largest in-home services, senior care franchises exist in the world. You know, one does $1.3 billion in service. The other one is about a $700 million market cap. 46% of their revenue historically, 
you know, and this comes from uh, leading home care, uh, a uh, national study that's done. 46% of those revenues come from senior living referrals. So the home care world has been built off of uh, senior living and they have sophisticated systems. And a lot of times when we work with senior living providers, you know, they have their own systems already that run the community. So they, and they've paid a lot of money for them. And you start down the road of why can't we just, and it's in that, and because there are sophisticated systems that the home care world operates in that they need to operate in. You have to give your caregiver the ability to go off campus five miles, check into their shift, have that attached to their care plan and have that attached to a billing record. And all of that happens simultaneously. If you try to attach that experience to your your software or whatever you're running your community on it, a lot of times that just won't work. So you have to kind of embrace the home care model and run it in a complementary but separate fashion. And then everybody benefits uh, long-term from that. Interesting. So if somebody is trying to measure the efficacy of this strategic initiative, what are the KPIs? What are the key performance indicators that will help the ownership of the operator ensure or at least measure, you know, how things are going. Sure. So uh, when I was running one of the larger agencies here in Omaha, what was interesting, and this was an in-home service agency, we provided everything from companion care to dementia care delivered in, in the homes. We had 200 clients. And what was interesting was we had a third of those clients. So about 70 of them that were long-term clients of ours there were 60 to 70 that were short-term and there were 60 to 70 that we knew they were on the hunt. They were looking for a place to take mom, send mom, move mom into, et cetera. But as an in-home services agency, we were oftentimes left out of those discussions. We'd get a call on a Monday to say, you know what, we've decided to move mom on Wednesday. And so one of the KPIs I th- uh, we believe is direct referrals from your agency to the community because you have that relationship already established with the family that you're already providing care to. It makes that transition very easy. And guess what? Once you have the client, you're not paying anyone for that referral or for that lead. They're already your client you've already established a relationship. So one is going to be direct referrals out of your home care agency. The other one is going to be just based on pure, you know, revenue. So the industry is, you know, the average is 90 to a hundred clients and 70 to 80 caregivers. So in, in that, those are two, um, two KPIs right there. So one clients and then your clients, in the home care world, they turn, you're going to have some that are long-term, some that are intermediate and some who are looking for that place. And that's where, when you own your own home care agency, that relationship becomes very natural. The other primary KPI is, is building a caregiver base. So caregivers in the home care world are looking to work 20 to 30 hours a week. And oftentimes it's a part-time job that you know, they may have a, another full-time job, but they want to work directly with families and home care gives them the opportunity to work directly with families. And, you know, oftentimes caregivers are also looking for a stepping stone into a larger career space. And so 
the other KPI is once you build your caregiver base, you're going to have a um, direct relationship with people who may want to work for your community and helps your, you know, your long-term staffing needs. Staffing has become a, a, a huge issue. They're, tr- you know, trying to create more of a pipeline for your community. This is a great way for you or an operator to be able to do that. But if you try to circumvent some of the systems, like we said, and you kind of put some of the stumbling blocks so the business isn't as successful as it could be, if you didn't embrace the business format that HCAN is offering, you know, then you won't be able to benefit from some of those KPIs long-term. That's really the business proposition. Mark, this is a, it's a wonderful conversation that we're having and, and it's about the extension of that care between the senior living operator and the in-home care agency. And so when you think, I mean, when dig down in your heart and think about some of those things that you've seen throughout the senior care continuum that have absolutely just hurt down yeah. to the heart. What, what, what's out there? Give me a specific example that happens frequently that just, that it's, it's terrible. Sure. Uh, middle income families hit with a disease, something like dementia that comes on out of nowhere. You're not prepared for it. You haven't really done anything financially to prepare for it. And even if you had 10 years earlier and, and you had that crystal ball and you could see into the future, you still wouldn't have been prepared for it because what it takes is, when somebody in uh, your sphere and your family comes down with a diagnosis or there's an event or they go into a rapid aging process, there's just nothing that can prepare you for it. And, you know, one example, just our own family's example and part of the inspiration of our company is, you know, my father-in-law had a 49-year-old wife who was a marathon runner. She was a personal trainer. She was just an all out athlete, started to get forgetful at like 47, 48. They thought it was because of a, um, a car accident she had had. Well, she was, we flew her to New York university. She was diagnosed with early onset dementia at the age of 49. Well, you know, we had decisions that we had to make one, you know, given, you know, things that had happened in my father-in-law's life and in the family, there was no way for us to be prepared to put her into the best, you know, that what we thought was really that she was really deserving of like the, you want to, you know, you want your loved ones in the best situation with the best care. Well, we just didn't have that option as a family, but what we had was desire, determination, and we had a little help along the way from, from outside agencies that were able to come in and help provide respite care and personal care services. The heartbreak of it is, and if my father-in-law were alive today, he would say there's no heartbreak in that. But from the world standards, it's, you know, depleted savings. It's a depleted future the way you, you know, had maybe dreamed of it uh, because you've literally sacrificed everything for your loved one to be able to keep them in home because she had one desire and that was to stay at home. Home's super powerful. 
to all of us. We, as kids, we want to go home. We want to be home. We are tugging on our parents' uh, jacket to, to get home. Can we leave? And then when we're old, a lot of times, you know, we have that decision. Can we go to a place like a senior living uh, community that can provide that sense of home, that home replacement? And there are some great places out there, but some people just really, they either don't want that or they can't have it. And it's when they really can't have that, that's when it's really kind of heartbreaking. Just aging is hard and caring for people who have aging issues is um, is hard and it takes an all out effort of a family to be able to make it happen. I would say the second thing that really creates a lot of heartbreak along the way is just caregivers who have the heart for the job, but due to certain life events, they're taken out of that kind of career path. They have to move on due to finances to, um, and they just run out of time. Like they have the, the very best hearts. They want to do the work, but they just, they have to move on out of a caregiving role. And uh, we try to keep a relationship with those folks long-term, even if they can work even three to six hours a week, that fulfills that mission part of their heart where they really want to provide a little bit extra help for seniors. But that's heartbreaking when people have to move on from us. And uh, we see that often. Mm. It hurts my heart, those situations. From my own experience, we had that something similar to first started with our dad. Yeah. And he had the early signs of Alzheimer's dementia. Yeah. And, and then that that's led us six years later after my mom was caregiving for him that whole time, you know, she had a, she had a, they had, we had an incident and, you know, it, it became very tough. And a couple of days later we had to move him into a memory care facility and 30 days later he passed and, and thank goodness it, it happened that quick, but you know, the same situation not, or a similar situation happened to our, our mom where she had, you know, health conditions, COPD. And, and that was, that was tough because yeah. she's to a, you know, an oxygen machine and that, that lasted for two, three years. And it, it just, those memories of the shock and awe of reality. Yeah. We're tough and you're and you're right. You're, we're never prepared as a family those, even when you know they have it, it just, at some point, it just hits you upside the head and it's like, oh man. Let's fast forward this. I, I like asking this question to, to people that are very visionary in which I believe you are. And so Mark, if a genie came out of a bottle and granted you three wishes to take care of some of these problems that are going to be coming with the silver tsunami right down the road, what are those problems and how would you like that wish to take care of that problem? So one of the biggest problems that we have to solve is that we really have two systems in place. We have a long-term care system and we have a health system and those two systems operate fairly parallel to one another. And so we need to solve that. And if I had this genie, I think one of the things that I would do is I would change the way social security specifically is um, is formatted in the United States. So right now it is, I think it holds the biggest opportunity for hope, uh, not only for seniors, but, you know, I, so I'm in Gen X. I think you're probably tail end Gen X as well. I don't know for sure. Last boomer in the United States. Okay. there. So I knew that it, we're right on the tail end there. So 
that holds probably the biggest opportunity for hope because with a small incremental change, given the size of the United States in the way that system is either administered or allows for people to save differently for their own futures, to be able to have a little bit more control. What people have at the beginning of their earning years is uh, the biggest thing that they have going for them is time. And I think we need to be better stewards of people's time throughout our careers. I think with small changes in that system, and I'm not talking about massive changes of increased taxes, we could change it incrementally if we had bold, brave leaders that I think we need to be able to speak into. So I say that and I caught myself because what I need to be doing is speaking into the leaders we have now saying, hey, here's a vision for social security, how it could change. Don't make it just for a specific class in the future. Actually expand on it and expand on people's overall hope and security. One of the things that's happening, why there's so much chaos is, you know, the study of the hierarchy of needs. You've heard of that. When people are worrying all the time about their base level needs, you never get to a point of actually self-actualization. We're, we're, we're losing some of that. And we've lost some of that over the last year. We need to get to a better place of providing long-term security for citizens in the United States. And I think if I had a, if I had a, a, a genie, I would change that system. I would add maybe even some incremental taxes to what we're paying right now in social security and have that go directly to a long-term care system that could better fund the needs of an aging population because what we have right now is unsustainable. Why is that an issue? And and what I'm doing is I'm, I'm going to try to drill down on this to get to some very specific points. So why is that a big issue? So the reason why that's a big issue is because what's, what's happening is people aren't able to actually die and age with dignity. There are a number of problems uh, in the system, either from a lack of education for people early on who are seeking a career to actually pursue aging services as a career. So you have a depleted workforce, you have a scarcity in the uh, industry right now. So we need to be able to have those people who can actually help seniors age with dignity and grace. And what's happening is that the way the system is set up right now at times is that you actually have to spend down all of your assets to be able to access. So you have to give up any hope of uh, any kind of security for yourself to actually get help right now. And I, I think that's a system that is incredibly broken. So I, I saw that happen with our own, with our own family where you had to go through this gut wrenching spend down and then you could get actually get help. So I think that needs to change. The issue I think is, is really, um, being able to provide a future where, uh, where seniors can actually look forward to the aging process. And I don't think the way the system is set up right now can really delivers that in with the strength of the United States. Um, I think we have the ability to make those changes if we have bold and brave enough leaders to, to uh, do that today and not wait till it's too late. Mm. We think, think alike there because I, I am so passionate about, you know, our purpose and, and, Really, the why, the Simon Sinek why for us is that seniors matter. You look at someone's life, they've, they've given so much to so many people. And then at the end of their life, they deserve the very best. They deserve that great experience. Absolutely. And that dignity, dignity that you mentioned is so important. 
So, so I will say, you know, one of the things that I've been encouraged with, but this is again, something coming from the private sector. So it's not, I've talked a little bit about the public sector changes if I had the, the genie, but on the uh, private side, we have seen some really interesting changes when it comes to life insurance products. So there are life insurance products now that will actually, that you can access some of the death benefit when there's loss of an activity of daily living while you're still alive. And so that is kind of beginning to take the place of what we knew to be long-term care insurance from 20 to 25 years ago. And so I think there's opportunity for innovation as well to help improve aging and improve the payer system within maybe current products that are out there. So we had someone on our, uh, on our podcast with Home Care Advocacy Network that really took us through those products that we can actually purchase today. But again, you still have to be able to afford those products today. You have to have a relationship and a knowledge of, of that product. So it's still, it's still very hit and miss. It's still not like scratching the itch of society. They, they are out there, but it's still, for the most part, benefits those who are a little bit more advantaged and not the, and not the disadvantaged. And that needs to change. Mm, those are great words of wisdom and obviously coming from an expert. So thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate you being on this show. And, and if people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? You know what? So you can reach me directly via email, uh, mark at hcanthrive.com. That's H-C-A-N. T-H-R-I-V-E.com. You can call me on my cell, 402-880-4507. I'd love to, you know, I keep my, just like everybody else, I keep my phone on me at all times. I love to connect with people. I'm not a hard sell. I'm open for coffee. I'm open for a discussion. If you want to bat an idea around, I uh, won't try to, you know, have a big stick and try to sell you something at the end. I just like to connect and I like to network. So yeah, I'd love for people to reach out. And then if they want to reach out directly and inquire about uh, Home Care Advocacy Network, if you have a need, if you've thought about this idea about C, uh, you know creating a CCRC without walls, we've done education on that. We are very active on LinkedIn. We have webinars, we have educational materials that we can send you, but you can reach out to partner at hcanthrive.com as well and request uh, those materials and we'd love to connect. Uh, that's great information. Again, Mark, Mark Getz, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. I'm Tim Donnelly, and we wish you the best. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Home Care Hub, a podcast series for the Home Care Advocacy Network. HCAN is a business format franchise for senior living providers who want to operate a successful home care line of business and a great opportunity for any entrepreneur who wants to own their own home care franchise. To connect with us, visit hcanthrive.com today.